Hello, everyone, and welcome to the First Loved Podcast. Well, we're going to continue today in what I've been referring to as Paul's prayers, but especially with this idea is that as he prays these things for us, I guess I didn't even say that last week, is to realize that I think Jesus is praying these things for us as well. But we finished hearing the Lord say back to us, to hear God say back to us, if Paul wanted this, prayed this for you on your behalf, how much more do I want to see it actually come to pass in your heart and in your life? And so I want to pick up now with a little bit more of the content of his prayers, because that's the overall thing that I noticed in spending time in these prayers, is that there is some consistent content ideas, things that he regularly prays for them. So I want to pick up a few more of those today. Well, the thing he prayed for us initially was about what we would know, right? What was in our minds. And it would take the Spirit and the wisdom and revelation that comes from the Spirit to know Him better, to know His will, to know the hope, and to know His love. So we concentrated on that last time. And where I want to go now, though, is that what's the fruit of that knowing? Why would Paul pray that? He prays that because... He wants that to come out in the way that we live, that he prays that our lives would be in the Colossians text, that we would live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. Folks, isn't that what we want to do? Is that we would want to know him and his ways and his love and know the hope so that we could live like him, for him, that would just be worthy of him that would bring him honor and praise, that it would please him in every way. Well, how Paul brings that out, though, is that he uses this phrase in Colossians 1.10. He continues saying, bearing fruit in every good work. Bearing fruit in every good work. I can't help but wonder when he thinks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Is that kind of on his mind? Bearing the fruit of the Spirit so that in everything that we are doing, and it's a good work, And whatever that activity is, you are bearing fruit. You are revealing Jesus. You are revealing God and His Spirit. And that as you do that good work, it bears fruit as well, probably in terms of praise to God and glory to God and lives changed and who knows what. But the overall goal, he says, is that this knowledge is supposed to come out in changed behavior, that we would bear fruit. And he also says, most importantly, that we would love, not just know about and experience that love, but that we would love. This is why the first curriculum is first loved to love, because as we know him and know his love and know the hope, peace, and joy, and his will and his ways, is that it's going to come out loving like him, loving as he has loved us. And in Philippians 1, 9 through 11, Paul prays it this way, and this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more, that your love may abound more and more. He's not satisfied with the love that they are exhibiting so far. In fact, I love it. He says it this way, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12 and 13, he says, May the Lord make your love increase and overflow to each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. And again, this isn't just love among ourselves, you see. Paul says is that it would overflow for everyone else, just as ours does 
for you. In fact, in chapter four, it was in my notes, and I just noticed that I must have deleted it somehow. But in chapter four, verses nine and 10, he says, I know you've already been taught by God how to love each other, but he says, I want you to do so more and more, more and more. Why? Because this is how Jesus' disciples are supposed to be identified, is that it's by the way we love one another and others with the love that we've experienced and received from him. And so, he wants love to abound, not just trickle out a little bit here, a little bit there. He wants it to abound. He wants it to increase more and more, to grow, to increase and overflow, he says. But then I love this, is that in the Philippians prayer, after he says that it would abound more and more, he prays, in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best You know, as we're doing love, one of the things we really need is we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and His direction to know what does love look like to the person or persons in front of us. Knowledge and depth of insight, that probably actually goes back to wisdom and understanding, but especially that line, so that you may be able to discern what is best. You know, sometimes you can love somebody in the way you like to be loved, and you can miss the mark. You know, if you really love chocolate and you give somebody chocolates, but they're allergic to chocolate, (laughs) which, oh, God forbid for anybody, (laughs) it's not going to love them. They're not going to feel loved if you give them something they can't appreciate and experience with pleasure. We need to have discernment. We need to know what does love look like right now in knowledge, depth of insight, discernment. And where does that come from? We mentioned last week, it comes from the Spirit. It's the Spirit who brings wisdom and revelation, insight, understanding, discernment as we're going about letting our love abound more and more. And then in verse 11, though, he says, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Remember, Jesus said in John 15, 8, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. See, again, Paul's praying for all of this so that our lives would be filled with the fruit of righteousness. And I know righteousness is not really an everyday word, but righteousness is not just a right standing with God, which is true and one of the ways we hear about it. But more often than not, righteousness had to be with living rightly, living like God, and bearing the fruit of his likeness, his goodness, his rightness. And he says this comes through Jesus to the glory and praise of God. See, the end result of this is that our lives would be in glory and praise to God, that people would see and experience, and that hopefully it would lead to conversations about the gospel. You know, in the sermon series, I didn't include it here, but I mentioned how in Colossians chapter 4 and Ephesians chapter 6 in particular, he prays that God would open doors for the gospel, that he would proclaim it clearly, that he would proclaim it boldly clearly. And then actually in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, he says, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored. See, is that he doesn't want it just for him to speak clearly and fearlessly, but he says, also pray that it would spread rapidly and be honored. You know, one of the best ways to spread it rapidly, it's by our lives. Because 
ultimately, it's not just somebody hearing the words. They need to see the product. They need to see the change. They need to see hope and peace and joy in our lives. They need to see lives that are gracious and compassionate and slow to anger and abounding in love. That's going to bring honor, he says, that it would spread rapidly and be honored, that people would respect the message, but especially that we would bring honor to that message in the way that we share it and live it. So again, the point is, is that he begins with praying about God changing our minds and bringing understanding in our minds about him and his will, his ways, his love, his hope, that it would translate out into lives of love, living lives of love, bearing the fruit of Jesus, the fruit of righteousness. That again, I think, is in order that people experience love And in so doing, it results in praise to God. And at the same time, it also causes them to have a curiosity about why are you the way that you are? Well, then the next thing is that he prays that the Holy Spirit, the next thing that the Spirit would do is that he would give us power and give us strength. See, because now as we go out and begin to do this stuff, we need help. We need strength. We need power. And in the Ephesians prayer, the first one in 119, he says that we would know the incomparably great power for us who believe, that there is a knowing. One thing about that power is know. And he says, oh, by the way, that power, that's the incredible power that God exerted and used when he raised Jesus from the dead, seated him at the right hand with him, and he's far above all rule and authority, power and dominion in the present age and the age to come. That's the power, he says, you need to know that that's the power that's been given to you. But then he goes on to pray that the Spirit, though, would work that power in us. So back to the Ephesians 3.16 prayer, he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being. See, we need our insides strengthened, our hearts strengthened. In fact, another prayer back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 16, Paul prays, May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Encourage your heart. See, we need his power to strengthen our inner being, to strengthen our hearts, to shore us up in such a way that we can go out and do this thing. And then in that verse, 2 Thessalonians 2, 17, he says, and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Friends, isn't that true? We need strength. We need that power. And of course, it's not here necessarily in the in the prayer, but Oh, God, that you would release power through us to do power kinds of demonstrations of love, like prophecy and healing and miracles as well. But then that leads me to Colossians 1.11, where, again, he's been praying that we bear fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. And then he says, being strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, so that we might have great endurance and patience. You know, so many times I'll start with that verse, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you might have great miracles, great faith, great healings. No, what he says is that you would have great endurance and patience. Endurance for the pain and patience for the process. Folks, that while we're out there doing this, 
We need strength in our inner being where our hearts are encouraged. We need strength in every good deed and word, the things that we actually say and do. And we need strength for endurance and patience that sometimes when we're out there, it's difficult and there's suffering and there's hard things that we go through. And he knows that when we're out there in the world, you could have all that knowledge, but we need the Holy Spirit to strengthen our inner being, our hearts, the work of our hands, our words, and especially we need strength when we are undergoing suffering and difficulty and hardship that he would give us great endurance and patience. In fact, back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, he says, Pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not everyone has faith. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Jesus praying that we would be protected from the evil one. It's even in the Lord's Prayer, and deliver us from evil or the evil one. But I like the fact that Paul says that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not everyone has faith. Again, this is why we need great strength and endurance. We need wisdom as we love and discernment as we love. And we need his protection from the evil one. Strength and protection. And I just love it because he says the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. So, what have we learned in these clauses as a part of Paul's prayers? Well, after all, what we're supposed to know, now it's supposed to come out in action. And so, we're praying for the fruit of righteousness, bearing fruit in every good work, which I think ultimately and especially is the way we love. And so he prays that our love would abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. He prays that our love would increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else. So first he prays about what we go out there and do in word and deed, and that it would bear fruit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, living like Jesus, loving like Jesus, and that it would be understood and experienced as love, so we would be known by love. And then he prays, though, for strength. He prays for power, because when we're out there doing, we need help. We can't do it in our own strength, and our own power. And so first he prays that God would strengthen us by the Spirit in our inner being, that our hearts would be encouraged. And then he prays for strength in every good deed and word. He prays for strength to have great endurance and patience. We need his power. We need his strength because we can't do it on our own. The last thing was just to remind that he's continually asking for prayer, which I'm sure then he was praying, that the end result of this is that it creates opportunities to interact with people. That the message of the Lord, he says, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored, that we would speak it fearlessly and clearly. We are praying this so that people that we interact with and are around will have conversations with us and that God would open the door so that maybe, just maybe, they'll hear the gospel and they'll come to know what we know, what we've experienced, and that they'll enter into this amazing relationship with Jesus, with the Father. And I guess the other thing, too, is in the same prayer when he says, pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people, that the Lord is faithful, he will strengthen, protect you from the evil one. It's just, again, that we need strength, great endurance and patience. In fact, this was just in my prayer walk on Monday. I was wrestling with some stuff, and I felt like the Lord said this simple phrase to me, Mark, expect opposition, expect challenges, 
and expect me to help you. Expect opposition, expect challenges, but expect me to help you. So now let's hear the Lord in these passages remind us, if Paul, how much more the Father, how much more does he want to see this happen in us? And so now hear it from his heart to yours. Beloved, out of my glorious riches, I will strengthen you with power through my spirit in your inner being. I will strengthen you with all power according to my glorious might so that you might have great endurance and patience, that you might have strength in every good deed and word, and that you would be able to resist the devil, resist the evil one, and not be overcome by wicked and evil people. I will strengthen you, strengthen your heart. I will strengthen you in every good deed and word. I will strengthen you in your inner being. I will give you great endurance and patience. This is what I promise to do for you. And finally, I want you to be able to share my message. I want it to be honored. I want it to be proclaimed clearly and fearlessly. So be filled with expectation that I will help you. That when you're out there doing these things and conversations arise, trust that I will give you the necessary words. Trust that I will empower you to speak, even as I said through my servant Jesus, that at times you would be called to speak and it wouldn't be your own words, but it would be my words. How much more do I want to see you live a life of love, to see your love abound more and more, that you would be filled with the fruit of righteousness? How much more do I want you to experience my strength in all these ways, and especially to have confidence that as conversations arise, I will help you and I will protect you from the evil one. When the opposition comes, I will be there for you. I love you and I am for you. Wow, Father, we just say thank you. So good to know, so good to hear. And so again, Lord, I just pray that this would translate into us taking time to spend time praying not only for ourselves, but especially for those we love. Praying Paul's prayers and hearing you speak back to us through them. Empower us, Lord. Change us, Lord, to live a life of love. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all and have a great day, great week.